Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Theology Hive podcast. Finished school up and trying to get all my uh, Hebrew classes out of the way so I can graduate. And that is my last classes that I need to to graduate. It's been a struggle, man. It's been a struggle. We're here to uh, get this show back on the road. We are happy to to be here with you guys. Again, I do want to apologize for kind of missing out about something. First of all, wherever you guys may be, I, I just want to thank you guys again uh, for joining, for listening. I just want to thank you guys because, you know, if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't be doing this, <laughs> to be honest. Because, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, you look at yourself and you're like, you're you're talking into a mic and there's no one around you. It's, it's interesting. Here we are. We're taking it day by day, one day at a time. I've been going to church. Been staying busy with church, school. I've been going to the gym a lot. Lost some some weight. I feel good. Beard is is growing in. I might shave it. You know, I might trim it. I, I don't I don't know yet. Family is good. My wife, my my dogs, they're good. In a couple of days, February eighteenth, actually tomorrow, will be my birthday, and I will be a thirty-two. 32. Look look at those people clapping. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Oh, man. But no, I, I, I appreciate it. You know, I appreciate you guys and the, the, the conspiracy theories that, that I know and uh, tie them up to scripture. I do want to pray for you guys. You know, this, this new year, I know it's two months in, but man, there's a lot of things going on in the world and, you know, Make it through, man. So let's uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this day. We love you. We praise you. We magnify you, God, because of everything that you do. We love you, Jesus, because if, you know, if it wasn't for you, God, we wouldn't be here. But we are here for a purpose, for a reason, God, and and help us, mold us, purify us, God, and and just just make us what you want us uh, to be. You know, mold us. Let us not conform to this world uh, let us have you in our hearts, in our mind, in our soul, in our spirit, God. Let us have you first. Uh, and again, God, we just we just thank you. We praise you, God. We want to thank everyone that's listening. Uh, I want you to bless them, God. Bless their hearts, their mind, their soul, their spirit, God. Bless their family, their friends, wherever they might be. Uh, just be with them and and continue to to work in their lives and and just help us all continuing to learn and to grow more in you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I want to talk about, you know, the speaking of tongues. I grew up in a, in a charismatic church, you know, Pentecostal church, the apostolic church. Don't get me wrong, man. I, I grew up, you know, in, in the church, man. Till this day, I still love the church. I still love... Um, the community, obviously there's, you know, pros and cons to not just church, but to everything in life. Right. But one thing that, you know, I, I learned, uh, you know, looking at scripture and reading, there is this one thing that I, it just puzzled me. And it was this, that you need to have or that you need to speak in tongues to be saved. 
And nowhere in scripture does it say that you have to speak in tongues to be saved. Nowhere. Now, why do they say that? Well, they say this because in the day of Pentecost, you know, the apostles were, they were waiting because Jesus told them in the book of Acts, Jesus told them, hey, do not leave from this place because I'm going to use you and I need you guys to stay in this place. So uh, here, let me let me actually read it. If you have your guys' Bibles, or if you guys just want to hear me, uh, it is chapter and verse, book of Acts. Oh, I have it, I have it in Spanish. Hold on, this is. Right when Jesus is, go, is you know, going to go up to, to the heavens uh, after his resurrection. Uh, you know, he's been with the people for 40 days. Chapter 1, verse, verse 3. Actually, we'll go verse 2. Until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen... After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So they crucified him. He comes back and he starts teaching again for 40 days. So there's a lot of people that have seen Jesus at this time, you know, uh, resurrected Jesus. So then he says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, with the apostles, he gave them this commandment. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Okay, there's a reason why the apostles are there in, in Jerusalem. One, Jesus told them to stay. And Jesus told them that they're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on them. So now they're there. They're, you know, Jesus goes up to heaven. And now they're still waiting. They're waiting because Jesus told them, hey, you guys need to wait for this. There's one thing that's going to happen. And you guys will know because the Holy Spirit is going to fall upon you guys. If we go to verse 2. So this was the day of Pentecost. Okay. When the day of Pentecost came, this, this is chapter 2, verse 1, they were all gathered in one place. Okay, They were all gathered there. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to the rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment 
because each one heard their own language being spoke, spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native languages? At this time, there is about 15, about 15 or 20 different nationalities, different tongues. People speak differently. And yet they're saying, how can we understand them? Let's put this in perspective. That's like us seeing, you know, let's say a black man speaking Korean. The Koreans would be like, yo, how do you know how to speak Korean? Because you don't look like someone that would know how to speak Korean. There's actually uh, this YouTuber guy. He's white. He speaks uh, many languages. One of the languages that I'm remembering, I think is Vietnamese. The people are surprised. They're surprised because he's ordering in in their language. They're, uh, he's talking to them and they're just surprised. So it attracted them. And then all of a sudden, all the people in the restaurant are, they're turning their back. I mean, they're, they're turning around and they're seeing this guy speak in, in, in their language and they start asking him, hey, how how do you how do you speak our language? Like they're so bewildered, just like these people in the day of Pentecost. They they all come and they gather because it's a curiosity, a curiosity. Why are these people that don't look like us and yet we can understand them? Right. But remember. Jesus told them to stay there for a purpose, for a reason. They were going to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. So we find out that Jesus told them to stay there because they were going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, which were going, which they were going to speak in other tongues in the day of Pentecost, and they were going to be attracted to them. But for what reason? For the reason for them to share the gospel. For them to share who Jesus is. You know, because in in verse 14, chapter 2. Actually, let's go to uh, verse 13. Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven So they all stood up, right? And why did they stand up? One, I believe, is that to show that they weren't drunk, right? They all got up in unison. They all got up. They all stood there showing, hey, we're not drunk. If we were drunk, we wouldn't be able to stand up. And if we were drunk, we wouldn't be able to, you know, we would be stumbling, trying to hold each other. But we're not. We're we're standing firm. Raise his voice and address the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose it. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, which which this is kind of funny, which uh, this is this is funny because there's it's for me, it's funny because. Peter, someone that obviously drinks wine, right? He, he They drink wine. 
And he's basically saying, it's too early in the morning to be drinking wine. <laughs> we drink wine, but not right now. It's too early in the morning. So then he explains, you know, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. The sons and daughters will prophesy. And see, and here's also something very important that we need to understand. It says the sons and daughters will prophesy. And sometimes our churches, we say, oh, no, the, the, the sisters or, you know, the women can't speak. They, they, they have to be under the authority. But right here it says daughters will prophesy too. Mm-hmm. Also says your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Again, I always try to find the humor in scripture. Again, it's funny. Why? Old men will dream dreams. Well, yeah, all they do is sleep. They're old. They don't got time to be walking around, be messing around. All they got to do is nap. Well, obviously, they're going to have dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So again, it says women and men will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. If we read, if we go to 21, verse 21, it says, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 22, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This, okay, this is very interesting. It says, God did among you through him as you yourself know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan for and for knowledge and with the help of wicked men put him death by nailing him to the cross but God raised him from the dead freeing him from the agony of death because it was possible it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him David said about him I saw the Lord always before me because he is the right hand I will not be shaken therefore my heart is glad my tongue rejoices my body also will rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne verse 36 it says therefore let all israel be assured of this god has made this jesus whom you crucified you now why did he say you because in the day of pentecost the day of pentecost is often thought to have begun in the new testament but in in but in actuality The word Pentecost is a Greek word referring to the festival of weeks, which was one of the main holy festivals of the Jewish people. And we can see this in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 15. We can also see this in Deuteronomy 69. The festival of the week or feast of weeks was celebrated at the end of the grain harvest, which 
occurred 50 days after the wave offering of Passover. It was on this day that the day of Pentecost that the Holy Spirit descended upon the believers in Jerusalem, Acts 2. These people had been there. Some of these people, not all of them, but some were actually there when they were crucifying Jesus. And maybe, maybe even some of them were saying, crucify him, crucify him. And it says here, it says, in verse 36, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And obviously, you know, every every charismatic, every oneness believer, we know this verse, Acts 2.38. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What gift? It doesn't say, but it says, You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accept this message were were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Now, here's a very interesting thing. If this was very important, if if the apostles felt that by receiving the gift of speaking in tongues was a sign of salvation, then we should have seen here in Acts, after these 3,000 people were, were baptized, it would have said there, and they all received the gift of speaking in tongues as a sign that they were saved. But we don't see that. We see a couple of things here. Jesus told the apostles to stay in Jerusalem. And why did Jesus told them to stay in Jerusalem? One, because he was going to use them. He was going to give them the gift of the Holy Spirit, which was the gift of tongues, to bring people closer to them, to bring curiosity of how are these people speaking our language. And there, they were going to preach the message of Jesus Christ. So Jesus told them to stay in Jerusalem. For what reason? Because they were going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For what? So they can preach the gospel, preach the great commission of who Jesus was. And what happened? What was the result of them being obedient of Jesus' words? 3,000 people were saved.
3,000 people were added and baptized. Here, we can see that these 3,000 people, they were all baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. How do we know that? Because Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. A lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, they should be baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Here's my understanding. One, if Peter, being there with the other 11, they were with Jesus this whole time, okay? And Peter said, when you need to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. If any of them had an ounce of doubt or an ounce of hearing Peter saying the wrong thing, any of the 11 would have stood, they would have, I mean, they were already standing, right? So, but they would have got Peter's attention and said, Peter, you're wrong. Jesus said, go and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But what happens here? They had an understanding. They had an understanding, a knowledge, that when Jesus said, go and baptize them in the name, in the name, name is Singular, but he gives three titles in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. We see in, in Acts 4, chapter 4, verse 8, Acts chapter 4, verse 8, it says, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then now, then, sorry, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. So here comes a very important verse. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. What is that name? Peter told us. Peter told us it was in the name of Jesus Christ. In verse 10, it says, Then know this and all of the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ. And in verse 11, it says, Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. 
So Jesus is that name. Had the understanding that the name for being baptized was in the name of Jesus. Not in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There is no power in that. There is no power. Even the Trinitarians, when they pray, you know, uh, I, I was in a class. I was in class and they were talking about, you know, demonic possessions and, you know, getting rid of the of the demon possessed. And, and one of the things that we were talking about or that the professor was talking about was that they called in the name of Jesus. So I asked, well, why don't you guys, you know, get rid of them? Get rid of the demons in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're like, well, because there's no power. Interesting. So they understand that there is no power in the titles, but they still baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, knowing that there is no power in the titles. So why wouldn't you want to get baptized in the name that has power and authority over all things and be baptized in the name of Jesus, that even the demons tremble when they hear the voice of Jesus. So we need to stand firm in our in, in what the scripture says. Because anyone can come and say, oh, well, you know, you need to be baptized in this and this and this. Okay, well, can you show me? Can you just show me one time? Show me one time where they are being baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Just one. And I'll tell you this. They will not find it because it never happens. The apostles, this, this is what boggles my mind. There's people out there that actually feel that they know more than the disciples that they know exactly what Jesus meant when he said these words. And they're basically telling the disciples, now nah, you guys got it wrong and we, we got it right. Really? Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm coming, I'm getting out of the topic, but that's the reason why we believe in the name of Jesus baptism. So, Again, going back into the speaking of tongues, the speaking of tongues was not for them for a sign for them to for the for the apostles to feel, oh, we got the gift of tongues. This means that we're saved. No. They were speaking in tongues to attract the nations that were going into the day of Pentecost. In in Jerusalem. In the day of Festival, the festival of weeks. So they were all coming and they heard them speaking in their own languages. So that is the reason why they spoke in tongues. Now they spoke in tongues that they knew. Right? So it wasn't like an uh, angelical tongues or unknown tongues that Paul talks about in, I believe, in uh, Corinthians. There's different, there's different gifts. God gives us different gifts, and Paul talks about those different gifts, right? And here's just a couple of them, which there's several of them. The spirit of faith, discernment, speaking in tongues, prophesying, interpreting of the tongues, healing, miracles, 
um, prophecy. I think I said that one already. Um, and there's a couple of more. And one of these days, I do want to go and cover all all the gifts and all the fruit of the spirit. But again, the question comes back. Do you have to speak in tongues to be saved? Is that what scripture is saying? Now, now watch this. When I was a kid, the speaking of tongues was such a big deal. Okay. You know, people, when we would go up into the altar, you know, they would, they would say, oh, you know, just let your tongue loose, you know, let it loose. You know, God will speak through you and, you know, your tongue will start moving and, and you're going to start, you know, saying things that you don't understand. Okay. But here's my question. Do you know why we don't see enough gifts? Uh, do you know why we don't see people with the gift of healing? The people, uh, you know, people with the gift of miracles, the people with the gift of faith, of discernment, of prophecy, is because we don't practice them. All you want to do is just practice a gift of speaking in tongues. And that's why we don't see healing, miracles, discernment, faith, prophecy. Interpretation of tongues is interesting. We want to have these gifts, but we don't want to practice them. We just want to practice and focus on one of them. And that's interesting because Paul is literally talking to the church of Corinth, telling them basically, hey, you guys are so focused in speaking in tongues. There's actually more gifts. And guess what? I don't, I forget if he says it's the least. He, he would rather have the gift of interpreting tongues. We need to understand. We need to read the word. We need to ask questions. We need to be informed. We need to know, hey, can you show me where this says that if I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, I'm saved? Because there's another verse. See if I can find it. I'm back. Sorry, I uh, thought I was recording, but I, I was not. So let me finish this up by um, reading this last uh, scripture. We were talking about the signs. And if you go to Mark chapter 16, um, verses 17. Actually, let's read verse 16 through uh, 18. Okay, It says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. Okay, that's one. They will speak in new tongues. Two, they will pick up snakes with their hands. They will pick up snakes with their hands. Three, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. Four, they will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Five. So these are gifts of the spirit that are being said. People always focus, oh, the sign for you to know that you are saved is the speaking of tongues. But is that what it says right here? No, it, it, it doesn't. 
It clearly tells you, these signs will accompany those who believe. In the name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. When they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. So again, we need to read the scripture, not just one little scripture. We got to read the whole context of, of the scripture. It's very important because then that's how people get manipulated into believe certain things. Like here, I don't know why, but they took this out of context and said the only sign for those that believe is going to be speaking in new tongues. Is this what it says right here? Again, if you want to read this, this is in Mark chapter 16, verses uh, 16 to through uh, 18. You read it for yourself. We need to be informed. We need to know what the scripture actually says. I I hope you guys have a have a great rest of your week. I do want to thank you guys all for for again tuning in. I'm going to try to be more active. I I know listening to the podcast, so I I appreciate that and I will do my my due diligence in uploading, recording, um, and just be more active on here because, you know, I, I, I do want to keep, you know, preaching the word. And, and if there's anything that I can do to, to help to understand, for you to understand scripture better and clearly, that's what I want to do. I want you guys to, not just if I say it, but you guys, you guys need to read it, but read the whole context. Not just one phrase and say, see, we're going to build our our belief, our theology in this one little scripture. And it's like, no, you got to read the whole context. Why is it being said? I thank you guys again. I appreciate it. God bless you guys. And uh, I will see you guys on the next one. God bless you guys.